soon. Why don't we quietly get out of here onto a plane? I can understand you're very upset. Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. All right, Hunt. Enough is enough. You have bribed, cajoled, and killed, and you have done it using loyalties on the inside. You want to shake hands with the devil? That's fine with me. I just want to make sure that you do it in hell. everybody the action returns episode number seven i'm your host brian and of course my co-host naz what's up naz yo yo what's up man how's it going on it's going we're in the process of uh what they're calling a a four-week reset they're shutting down all the the restaurants for uh you can't dine in any restaurants right now, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of hurting some of their business. I know uh, a couple restaurants got taken to court over the weekend because uh, they were refusing to shut down their uh, dine uh, dine in section of the restaurant. But uh, from what I understand, when when they got uh, told how much the fines was, uh, they went ahead and shut down. So probably best for them. Everyone's tune seems to change when they uh, see these fines. I mean, I know nothing about them, just on stuff that I read. Cause I know there's some, yeah. Some people. Well, I was reading one. It wasn't a restaurant. It was one of those uh, water parks, and they were talking mm. about um, they didn't care because I guess whatever they were getting hit with, it was five hundred dollars, and they're like, "Well, we don't care. We're still gonna." Uh, stay open. They didn't tell them to, to to close. They just told them to follow the safety guidelines, and they weren't. Yeah. So they were getting hit like every day with five hundred dollars, and then they were just like, "Well, we, it only takes like twelve people to pay that." And from what I understand, that park is is packed like every day. Mm. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, chlorine may kill it, but uh. It's, it ain't killing what's in the air. So, but I don't know. It's true. It's up to you if you want to gamble like that. I don't know. I'm just everyone's still in an uproar. Uh, I did go to a restaurant last week, um, and I was. <laughs> I'm not gonna shit you. I was scared that whole time, but <laughs> uh, we weren't inside. We were. It was all outside, basically under. Um, those little canopies. There wasn't many people there. There was only like uh, myself, my friend, and two other people. Then like four other guys showed up, but they sat like way far, far away from everyone. So I was like, well, all right. I mean, we sat there with our masks on. We were the only one with masks on until the food came. And then at that point, I was like, well, I ain't got it already, man. <laughs> I was like, all right, fuck it. So I just ate, but um, <laughs> um, it, it, 
the workers there were were all they had the gloves on, they had the masks, and they had the the hand sanitizer and all that, like right there. And they were pretty much as soon as someone got up and left, they were over there, like basically wiping the whole place, the whole table down, chairs. They didn't just give it the once over; they like really went for it. And I was like, "Whoa, well, that's cool." Yeah, other than that, I don't think I'll be doing that again. I just felt, I don't know. I enjoyed my food, but I couldn't enjoy the time <clears> sitting <throat> there. Yeah, we were outside, but it was still kind of enclosed because it was a canopy. Then they put tarps around because it's, it's right on the main street where I live. So you get that constant uh, traffic and semis and everyone rolling by. But I don't know. I mean, I'm okay, so... Thank goodness. I'm still a little worried about it all. I know some people, some of you listeners are probably laughing, but uh, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worry about myself and my family and, and my friends and everything. But other than that, man, we're all good. Uh, I did go see the Z soon. Uh, for those of you that do listen to the E-Society, uh, do check out our uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, Commando episode. We did a commentary for that. Uh, that was really fun. We did that up at uh, his house and his command center. And um, shout out to the guys that make these iPhones because we didn't have microphones or anything. I just set my phone on this on his desk, and we just talked normal. And that microphone speaker, whatever on these iPhones, picked it up, and it sounded good. I, mean, I had to do a little tweaking with bringing the levels up a little, but I, mean, I do that for every show no matter what. But I was I was surprised on how good it sounded because I was kind of scared. Plus, it, it caught some of the the TV noise. We didn't have the TV full blast. We kind of had it on to where we can hear it, and we had subtitles on. But that was fun. That's something that we've been talking about doing for a long time. So I'm, I'm glad we finally got to sit down and do it. And uh, we got more ideas. Hopefully, if he comes down here, if I go up there again, we'll, we'll do another one for you guys. So, but everyone that did listen to it so far, thank you so much. And uh, we got more commentary stuff coming nice uh before we get into the movies uh gonna bring back a little uh the sports returns here um two questions one does it feel like baseball to you when you see your your oakland a's get into a brawl with the houston astros yeah i mean they're just mad that we swept that ass but um <laughs> Yeah, it was still baseball. I mean, it was funny uh, seeing uh, everybody run out there and fight. Um, there was no screaming and cheering. I'm surprised they didn't just turn up the speakers during all that because they, they are doing the, the, the crowd effects, which I think is stupid, but all right, whatever. If it helps the players play better. <laughs> but um, it was just basically whose dick is bigger. And and that's just the way it goes. I mean, that's baseball. It's always been that way. But uh, it made me laugh. And um, I'm sure the guys responsible uh, are getting fined. Um, I know I can't remember the play, our player's name, but they were saying, well, he should have just walked to, to first and, and left it alone. But, I mean, that's how he felt. I mean, I don't think he wanted it to fight, but that's that's how it turned out. But, ah, whatever. I mean, we still won. So, uh, yeah, and, uh, they were beating down the Astros were beating down the Giants uh, earlier. So that, that was good. And second question, uh, your girl, uh, Ruby Wright and my girl, Liv Morgan, back together again. Are they going are we going to see tag team gold on them? 
I hope so. Um, it sucks that uh, Sarah Logan got the axe, but uh, she's pregnant now, so I guess that's kind of good that she's at home. Um, I hope so. I mean, I loved uh, Ruby Riot, especially in indie days and, and once she came on uh, the main roster and started doing what she was doing with the Riot Squad. I thought all that was cool, but it just felt them. It just to me, it just felt like they were just using her for like a jobber thing. Yeah, they, they gave her or her character or I mean well she had her own character but I mean they okay here here we're gonna give you this but um you're gonna lose every match win every now and then so I'm hoping that there's just them too because there was a fallout which I thought was kind of stupid but I kind of saw that they were gonna get back together again so I'm all for it but uh if they put the belt on them I'm I'm all I'm all for that but um I don't know yet. We'll we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm hoping that they um at least do something with this duo. Don't uh give us two good wrestlers and do nothing with them. So I don't know. My fingers are crossed that the, they get the belts. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Liv Morgan, bring that bring back that blue tongue, please. Um. <laughs> well, why were why were uh. With the wrestling returns, I mean, dude, the talent on AEW is just getting better and better, and it's it's WWE's loss. I mean, yeah, I mean, I love uh, Zack Ryder. Yeah, he's Matt uh, Cardona now. Oh, he was big as shit when he showed up. Oh yeah, I mean, he was always a good crowd pleaser, man. Whenever, whenever, when every time he. Came out uh, for WWE as Zack Ryder. Everybody was woo-wooing and, and cheering. I was. And when he won uh, the belt, uh, Intercontinental Belt at WrestleMania uh, in Dallas, I was there. And I was hella woo-wooing and everything. And I was I was real excited. I was glad he got his WrestleMania moment before they um, they axed him. Yeah, it was a couple years later. But he, I didn't. Kurt Hawkins. <sighs> All right, I saw him going out the door, but I, the, the Zack Ryder one is what blew me away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I heard uh, Kurt Hawkins went to Impact Wrestling. At least he's still working. So I mean, that's good. <laughs> Impact. I don't. I don't even know who they have, but um, yeah. Um, I just want them to do, uh, which I think they are. I mean, I think uh, Cody and the gang and all them. The, I don't know about this American badass or American Nightmare or whatever he's going by. I mean, I love Cody Rose. He's awesome, but I don't know. Is that a real tattoo on his neck? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Really? What, you had to put it right there? I mean, I'm all for America behind 100%, but right there on your neck? That's, it's that's just, it's placed weird on his neck, too. It's kind of yeah. high up. I mean, I'd have rather had it on his arm or maybe on his chest or something, but right there on his neck, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. And he is the suit wearing guy, and and you can clearly see it. It would just look weird, but hey, that's that's his prerogative, and I can't blame him for that. I do love Brody Lee. Uh, I'm glad that he 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 got he's getting his chance there. And um, who else went? Mm. Other than Matt Hardy, which I thought was awesome, but his his debut was. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you see him get busted busted open the other day? All right. Yeah. Um. 
People are saying he bladed himself, but I I don't know. I think when he hit that um uh the the ring post, I think that's when it it started bleeding. Yeah, from what I understand, he's pissed off at Sammy Guevara because when he threw that chair at him, the I don't know what kind of chair it was, but it, I think they're saying the the leg of the chair caught him on the head. Yeah, see, that's where I thought he caught it, but I want to say he had blood on his head before before the chair hit him. So I don't know. I mean, maybe he was dazed and wasn't ready for the chair because yeah, that 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 chair. I don't, I don't even think he knew that chair was coming because it looked like that hit him right in the face. Yeah, that was a lot of blood. I mean, when he stood up and it was all over. Um, or it was all over the table. It was like a big pool, and it was just mm-hmm. pouring down his face. I'm like, oh, man. I, mean, I don't know how much blood's in your head, but damn, that was a lot. Yeah, AEW is definitely, like, I I got to be honest. I haven't really been k- keeping up with uh, Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown's been complete garbage. Uh, I Mostly, I've been trying to keep up with AEW and NXT. Yeah, I mean, those are pretty much the only two uh, that I really watch. Um, Raw and SmackDown, I just watch the highlights. And if, if I did miss something, I'll go to Hulu and or look for it. But Yeah, I mean, it's, I've said this many times. Raw, I mean, I watch it. I watch every pay-per-view. But Raw is just three hours or let's say uh, two hours and, and 50 minutes of talking and 10 minutes of wrestling altogether. Mm-hmm. SmackDown, there's a little more wrestling than that, but they're, they're, they do a lot of talking. I mean, just I know you got to build up storylines, but do it in the ring. Don't do it on the outskirts and let everyone watch it on the big screens. But I don't know. Well, there's are those all the scrubs that are in the audience? Because sometimes I never see them. They're like the the NXT. Uh... The, the new people for NXT, the new signees, the, the up-and-comers that haven't been on TV yet. Like the Nexus guys? Yeah. All right, that's pretty much. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, they got my girl in the crowd. She be hyped up. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Shotzi Blackheart. She be driving a little tank. Yeah, I like her. <laughs> yeah, she she's like amped up in the crowd when she's out there. So. I mean, it, it is it it is better that they're there. I mean, as as well as AEW, but it looks like AEW is letting some select fans in, but they're still they're just they're on the bleachers and there's no social distancing. But so, mm-hmm. I don't know. And keeping with wrestling really quick, um, I noticed they started doing indie shows, and uh, everyone there is it a, requ- a requirement for the ones that I've seen. Everyone is wearing masks and everything. There's still like it's still a free for all. I mean, there's no no social distancing. Everyone's still pretty much uh, right there. If I went to one, I would stand in the back. I mean, I, I would love to go. I love uh, the house, the little indie house shows and everything. But I don't know if I'm ready to be elbow to elbow with strangers yet. I mean, I know, even, especially when I'm in the store, man, I'm ducking and dodging everybody as much <laughs> as I can, and that's a workout. As it is, but I don't know. We'll 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 see where it all goes. 
All right, so uh, let's get into these movies. Uh, we told everybody we was going to take a deep dive into these uh, Mission Impossible movies, so let's uh, start with 1996's Mission Impossible. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. Simple game. Is he serious? All of these. It's much worse than you think. understand you're very upset you've never seen me very upset this tape will self-destruct in five seconds pg-13 this stars tom cruise john voight emmanuel barrett jean renault ving rames Kristen scott thomas vanessa redgrave and of course emilio estevez now emilio! this is something i <laughs> <laughs> this is something I completely forgot, but Brian De Palma directed this one. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that until I, I sat down and watched it uh, the first time. Cause many of my brothers wouldn't seen this. Uh, they were kind of unfamiliar with uh, the whole mission impossible. I mean, I, t- I told them it was, it was a TV show back in the day. Uh, probably were our parents. Uh, when when, uh, when my dad watched, he said he watched them uh, in his younger years, and he liked it. I told him he should watch these films. I said, you probably like them. I mean, don't expect uh, the slappy stickiness uh, of the TV show. I said, but it, it, I said, there's still good action shows to watch. So I'm not sure if he mm-hmm. watched them yet. But, yeah, my brothers were unfamiliar with who well, who Tom who Tom Cruise was really? I mean, they were they were just little guys when this came out. But when the movie was over, said and done, they they really enjoyed it. They thought all the action was there, and uh, the suspense, and uh, had to do some thinking. I guess you got to do thinking with all these movies. But this is the one. I mean, I really enjoyed this one. I mean, the very first one, and I, I had no idea Brian De Palma directed this one until until they showed his name. So I was like, oh, right on, cool, but. Uh, but as far as the movie as a whole, I enjoy this one. This one is out of all six. This is my favorite one. Um, I loved all of them. Not so much the second, but we'll get that to get to that one in a minute. But overall, I thought this one was really good. I liked uh, the story that they had. I loved uh, all the actors that were in it were good. I mean, John Voight. I mean, he he's good in everything he is. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave, I love her, and whenever she pops up into this, and um, I don't know what it is, man. I, I've always liked her. I'm like a, I like those older women for some reason. I don't know why, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I do. So uh, I liked her uh, in this. I was not a fan of uh, the girl, the, the Claire, um, the John Voight's uh, wife in this one. How do you pronounce her last name? Oh, uh, Emmanuel Barrett. Yeah, I. Barrett. Um, she, she, I don't know. She, she can't act, and I don't know. I mean, that was probably my my biggest flaw in this whole film. I just didn't. I didn't like her character. Yeah, I agree with you. She was kind of, I don't know, because out of out of all the films. I think she's probably the weakest uh, female co-star out of all six films. And um, she just kind of seemed misplaced throughout this one. Um, I agree with you. I, I really, I really enjoyed this one. 
this one probably out of all of them is the most um, James Bond esque as far as uh, the spy and espionage stuff um, about not knowing who to trust and not knowing what's going on. And um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this one on a rewatch more than the, the second one. Like you said, we'll get to it because the second one is a completely different direction than what this one was going for. But uh, yeah, I liked everybody in it. I like, I like movies when they assemble a team, you know, you got Bing Rames who, who's been there through every single movie, a little pissed that we barely got Emilio Estevez, which I think uh, he, he goes uncredited in the movie. But of course, you know, if you know, Emilio Estevez, you know who he is. Um, Jean Renault, Rene Renault. I don't know how to say his last name. I wasn't really digging him as a fucking a bad guy in this one because he, he pulls the okie doke on, on Tom Cruise. He's, on his team and then he ends up working for uh, somebody else and wasn't really feeling him in this one. But, uh, John Voight, I, I liked him. I liked him as the villain in this one. Uh, cause, uh, I remember originally watching this, how I really thought he had died the whole time. And then when he came back, he was still playing that role that he was on Tom Cruise's side until Tom Cruise started to put it together. And, uh, that was probably one of my favorite scenes because I, I love I love when when somebody puts the mystery together, and um, yeah, definitely a good rewatch. Um, how did you feel about the action in this one? It was minimal compared to the rest, yeah, but then again, this is the first one. We had no idea where it was going to go. Um, the only to me, the only thing that didn't hold up. I mean, I do love the the end scene. I mean, we're gonna jump all over with this one. You guys should have seen it by now. Um, mm-hmm. The train scene, I love it, but the effects it does not hold up at all. I mean, especially because of the uh, the next few films or the next five films, uh, as far as action and with Tom Cruise. Well, we'll get to more in, in the second one and Ed, when we get to the other films, but it just seemed like it was just, it was so hokey looking. I mean, that was my only problem and I loved it. I mean, I still think it, it's for as bad as it looks I and mean, it looked awesome in 96, but um, oh yeah, it, it just, that didn't hold up to me. I mean, I, I still loved, I still love it. it I was, when we were watching it uh, the other night, I was telling my wife, I was like, Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes. Or I said, no, the first, my first favorite scene was the, the one when he's in the vault. But then I said, oh, this is my favorite scene. And she kind of caught me. She's like, well, I thought you said that other thing. You know what I mean. <laughs> but but um, the ending, I mean, it just looked so cheap and cheesy. But, I mean, I'm not going to kid anybody. I was on the edge of my seat uh, the very first time I saw this during that scene. I mean, sitting in a the theater, which we all miss, um, just full blast surround sound of the train and the helicopter, which – no way. No, no. Even back then when I first saw it, I didn't, I didn't buy that. But it was it was still cool. Um the uh the vault scene was probably the 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 most iconic uh, scene in the and that's all we saw. I mean, especially during the trailers before the movie came out. I mean, that whole thing. I mean, John Reno must have been uh hella strong 
and I'll give it to Tom Cruise. So I am in no kind of shape like that to keep myself <laughs> straight as a board. <laughs> well, a uh, little fun fact here, according to IMDb, I guess he kept hitting his head because he wasn't able to balance until they figured out um, to put a, a bunch of coins in his shoes to level him out. Yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise isn't a big gentleman, and I would, could, I mean, just watching that scene, like, how, yeah, how did they do that? I mean, because he, if they did do the, the strings all over him other than what was around his waist, I would have been, all right, well, they, they just erase it, but uh, I didn't know they did the coins thing, and that's that's good. I mean, it, it did balance him out because he was just inches from the floor. And just staying as straight as possible and trying not to to touch the floor. I mean, that's mm. I know those guys that have done it. I mean, I watched those videos when they tried to debunk things and they had guys doing it. But these guys were like in super duper good shape. I mean, like if we went in there, we we would we I don't even think we would have gotten to close to the to the vault. I'm not even getting in the harness. I already know that. I mean that scene, and uh, yeah, as far as um, the scenes when uh, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, when he figures out everything. I mean, other than the scene when he's when John Voight is telling him uh, his story. John Vo- Voight was uh, Jim Phelps when he was telling him his story on what happened to him, and Tom Cruise putting it all together. I love the scene when uh, Ethan Hunt is sitting in that restaurant with um, that Kittredge guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who was like uh, the head of the CIA or whatever they were? Uh, I love that scene, to where he just walks into a room and notices everybody before he sits down. I'm sure he knew where all the exits were because when he's sitting there listening to, the t- listening to Kittredge, he did tell him, "Was why was there a second team there?" And he was like, "What do you mean second team?" Then he said, "All right, we're gonna go around the room. All right, those, that that couple over there—they were the drunk couple outside. All right, that that dude sitting behind you was was a waiter uh, behind one of the other guys. I was like, damn! <laughs> I just loved all that. I thought it was. I mean, I think out of all the movies, this is the only one to me, in my opinion, that felt like the TV show. I mean, yeah, yeah the TV show—it is what it is. It was it was awesome for the time, but it, it was hokey, like any other TV show made." Uh, back in the day, I mean, but I still loved what was going on. There was a lot of uh, switching sides. You didn't know who to trust and who was good, who was bad. I mean, I loved that they did all that type of stuff. I mean, and I just love when they go over to uh, uh, all parts of the world uh, dealing with with these missions because the mm-hmm. IMF was their crew, and it was um Impossible Missions Force. I, mean, I was like, all right, cool. I mean, I forget all that stuff as time goes on, but once rewatching these things, uh, these films, it's amazing. Um, but I mean, overall, I mean, the film it is good. I mean, it was a really good story. It was. I mean, if you've never seen it before, um, maybe stop, go see it, or watch it, and then come back to us. But I mean, overall, I still think this movie still holds up after all the years it's been out, and. Uh, like I said, some of the effects don't hold up, but it, but it still doesn't take anything away from uh, the awesomeness that is uh, Mission Impossible. And I had no idea that they were going to turn this into a franchise. And I'm glad I'm kind of glad they did. And I'm gl- I'm glad that Tom Cruise did uh, take over as one of the producers. And and I really love that he's doing the Jackie Chan thing with the uh, 
doing all his own stunts because it was like as the movies went on the stunts just got bigger and bigger and uh, a lot of people oh, say he, tom, tom cruise is the vampire because he does not age uh he he makes you like he makes you believe he he can do any of these stunts like neither he's gonna do them or he's gonna you know at least give it a good attempt um i know you don't like this movie but i'm gonna bring it up in the new Top Gun trailer, he makes me feel like he's actually flying the plane. I don't like the first one. I don't <laughs> want to get into it now because it's a shocker to everyone when when I announce this. But I am excited for the second one because it look he was in those jets with him. He's not flying them, but he's in there. I mean, not like if you watch Top, Top Gun now. I mean, and. Listen, oh, we're, to, we're, we're listen gonna to the East Society. <laughs> you need to come on with us when I, I start giving my reasons why it's garbage. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super duper excited for for Top Gun two. If we get it in the theater, I'm gonna mask up and everything and go see it. But if I have to watch it at home, I'll be a little disappointed. But I'm sure uh, I'll still love it. Um, I'll just have to turn up my speakers that much louder. To uh, enjoy the the loud jets, I would prefer to see it on the IMAX screen, but I don't know. I mean, as as far as these films too, I saw the last two in IMAX. We'll we'll get to those when we get to them, but um, but with this one, the Mission Impossible. I mean, it was the mission was impossible. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, we'll get to the second one in a minute, but. This one was was awesome. I mean, for what they tried to do, the whole purpose of this is they were trying to figure out the CIA was trying to. There was a mole in the um, what was their um, who who did they work for? I mean, were they working for the CIA? I don't remember. I just remember they had their own little secret force. Yeah, I think they that's what they had because I I don't think you're ever really clear on who they actually work for throughout the movies. Yeah, I mean, they they just put them on all these impossible missions. So, I mean, that was good. But I, I liked what they did um, with uh, trying to find out who the mole was. And I loved how they um, were doing uh, the uh, the setups uh, for uh, Ethan, uh, especially dealing with his uh, his aunt and his uncle. And they uh, said that they were drug, uh, drug runners, drug smugglers. And I, I mean, they, they did that just to try to lure him out of hiding because they were saying Ethan Hunt is just, if he's going to be hidden, there's no way they're going to find him. I mean, even even the, the the head of the CIA, Kittredge, he even said that. He said, mm-hmm. these that's what these guys are trained for. He goes, so there's no way we're going to find him. So we need to try to, to fish him out. So I mean, I loved all that. And I did, the, like I said before, we loved the, you didn't know who to trust, who was good, who was bad. Because it made it seem like Kittredge was bad. So and, and that guy, that that actor, man, he just he just seemed like the asshole uh, of the bunch. But, I mean, yeah, I, well, also, also even that in that restaurant scene, the, the way the the scenes were shot, the up close of their face, it kind of for a second, if you've never seen these movies, you might have thought that Tom Cruise was kind of shady, just the way they were shooting up close shots of their face. Yeah, because that, that scene in the restaurant before he uh, puts the uh, the piece of gum together and throws it on the fish tank, which I love that scene. But 
the way Brian De Palma films his films, it made it made him look made Ethan Hunt look like he was a bad guy. The way uh, the the camera was all slanted and just maybe mm-hmm. what they, whatever they did to his makeup to make him look uh, evil and tired. I mean, yeah, it's like you didn't even trust him. Maybe maybe he was uh, behind it all. But I mean, other than that, I love it and I love the evil henchman of uh, Max. Her and her crew, she just like a regular lady. You wouldn't even think twice about her. But uh, you always got to get guys with long hair and trench coats uh, to be bad guys. They they played the part. I loved her little uh, henchman that she had. But again, overall, this film is amazing. And we got to talk about the vault scene. I mean, we did kind of for a second, but that was that. I mean, I. I love that scene. I mean, for what what they had to do to get in there, to pretend they were firemen, to pretend there was something going on, to get that far, to figure out, or basically know the whole layout before they go in there. I mean, obviously that's what Ving Rhames and uh, his character was to, to figure out what all that stuff was. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought that was cool. And if this secret knock knock list is is what the whole story was about. The knock list is um, a list of uh, secret agents uh, with their real names and their undercover names that they go by. They're supposedly supposed to be out in the open, and now that's how they were trying to figure out who who the mole was. But um, the real one was in uh, was it Langley? Is that where they kept it in a, in that safe? Yeah, the giant vault where they um, it looked very uh, two thousand one space odyssey. Kind of looking uh, vault on the inside. Yeah, it did. Um, but what what did that one guy, one worker, do on that computer? You know what? It kind of felt like he had no place being there because if if that's where the list is there, what is he? I don't know if he's adding to the list or what or making updates because it just kind of seemed like he was just there to be there, which, you know, I'm glad he was there because I liked how they, they kind of did the whole thing where they made him, where they drugged him and they had him throwing up in the other room while they, you know, went about the mission. But other than that, it just kind of, I really didn't understand what he, what his job was because he definitely was not security because he wasn't taking down anybody. He was CIA analysis William Donlow. I don't know what that job entitles, but that's uh, I'm, I'm just looking at IMDb. That's what uh, his is the man in the chair. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I mean, that still makes me laugh. I probably never noticed it before, but as as time goes on here in 2020, um, nobody has those big giant computers anymore. I mean, talking about the monitors, <laughs> the big, huge tube uh, monitors. Everything is like paper thin now, and, <laughs> and that that just made me laugh. I mean, but I mean, it, it it was still it was still cool. I mean, I have no idea what that CIA analysis does, but um, I just thought I thought that was an awesome thing. I loved what they did. Like the the temperature couldn't go over a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sound. Uh, if you got over a certain sound, mainly when the, when nobody was in there, when the door shut, toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 sensors went off uh, on the floor. Uh, 
and then it had the uh, little laser things uh, where the air conditioner thing was. I mean, that that was crazy on how they bypassed all of that. For I mean, especially for something that is supposed to be like just high security and impossible to break into. It always fascinates me when rodents get in these these things. Mm-hmm. There's been other movies where stuff like this happens and there's bugs and mice or rats or whatever rolling around here. And I never buy the the big tough guys uh, as John Reno, the professional. You're basically a killer, hired killer and all that, but then you get scared of a of, of a little rat that's probably scared of you. He and, killed the <laughs> shit out of that rat. I don't know how he did it, but uh, they don't show it, but they show the, the mouth laying there with a knife <laughs> in it. <laughs> but I, I, love the, I love that scene. I mean, and I don't know how strong he is, and I don't know how much Tom Cruise weighs, but I don't know. How high do you say that ceiling was? Oh. What, 50 feet maybe? Maybe more? I don't know. If that, and to let's just say Tom Cruise is, one seventy, one sixty, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he, I, I don't mean, even think that. But even still, I mean, that's that's a lot of weight to lure down, much less pull up, and really fast. Because uh, after he does get the uh, the the knock list, uh, the copy of it, and then that's when he uh. uh John Reno sees that that mouse or that rat, and then he drops him, and he almost hits the floor. When they were saying that, when Ving Rhames was telling him, he's a Luther, that's his character's name, and uh, that CIA guy was coming back in, he's like, all right, he's at the door, he's at the vault. And they were still, like, inches away from the floor. And to pull him up that fast, I was like, ah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think they already got caught. (laughs) But, uh. I did love the, um, I loved how his knife looked. And I know I'm talking about the knife because once Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, gets back to the to the air duct, um, uh, John Reno, he grabs his, uh, that little knockless that's in his mouth and merci, and then drops his little his little knife. I love that that CGI effect mm. of it falling yeah. down. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's all. I was going to say um, the scene after with the when he's uh, trying when John Renault's trying to figure out which disc is the real one. Uh, Tom Cruise was actually doing real sleight of hand with the disc, how he kept making it disappear. That that wasn't CGI or nothing. He's actually doing a real sleight of hand. I didn't know that. I mean, it was good. I mean, it was. It was good for him to, to try to trick him because he did because. Uh, what is John Reno's name? Krieger, Krieger, whatever. He was, I mean, he he had the real knock list. And Ethan was, oh, this one, and then started doing the the, the fast hands thing. That that was cool. Mm-hmm. I did like that scene. But Claire uh, Manuel Barrett or whatever how you say her name is, she's just so like a wet mop room she just <laughs> cannot act cannot change her her facial expression for anything because she seemed like she just was just bored and she was phoning it in and didn't like i don't want to be here and they only 
looks kind of rough now in 2020. He did look good in 96, but I don't know. I, I wasn't buying it from her, and I just she just kind of bugged me every time she was on the screen. I would rather have had um, the one gal that was in the beginning that got uh, that got killed when uh, they were chasing. Um, who was that guy? Why did he have the the knock list? Because but in the in the beginning when they um, took it from that um that computer. Uh, I wasn't quite sure. I thought that was a whole decoy situation. Yeah, it was, but um, I can't remember why that guy would have it in, in his little secret room. In uh, where were they? Prague. Oh, yeah, they were in Prague. I know it was a whole setup thing, and it just went uh, a little south with everything because um, that one lady, uh, she followed one, that agent. She followed uh, Sarah Davies was her name. She followed or Scott or Kristen Scott Thomas was, was the actress's name, but her character Sarah, she did follow him. Uh, that one dude that had the list, and then he got shanked, and then uh, she got killed. But um, going back to uh, when Ethan Hunt and Jim Phelps, uh, John Voight's character, when he was telling him the situation, when Tom Cruise was figuring it all out. And, um, I don't know how he figured it all out, but I just thought that was awesome how he did because it, when he was telling the story, John Voight was telling one story. Ethan Hunt was thinking uh, of what really happened and why uh, his whole team got wiped out. So and I thought mm-hmm. all that was cool. So... Um... You want to get the scores? Um, yeah, uh, I would give it a ten, but that one little uh, ride at the end with the, uh, on the train just doesn't hold up <laughs> at all. So I got to give it a nine. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give it a nine. Um, I, the train scene didn't bother me as much. It's just why they got to do Emilio like that. He couldn't just get crushed by the, the the elevator they had to have the spikes come down and everything right into his face which was we didn't even talk about it that was brutal because you kind of see it for a second i was just like damn emilio but yeah uh as far as spy and espionage stuff i think this was probably had the best representation of out of all the films of of that so i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten all right, back to Emilio in the elevator. Why were those spikes there? And did, spoiler uh, alert, if you guys haven't seen this, John Voight was behind it all. Did he have those installed? Because I don't think elevators have those spikes or whatever they were. In there. Um, I'm going to assume, yeah, he had them installed and he just wanted to brutally kill everybody in different ways. So I don't see any other reason why they would be there. Because when he was telling the story and then when Ethan Hunt was thinking back, you see uh, John Voight's character, Jim Phelps. You did see him flick the switch and those little uh, spike things came down. And I was, I, I, even, to, even after this rewatch, I was thinking, why didn't he just move out of the way or, or lay flat or something? I don't know. Because it just, he had plenty of time to, to move. And he did, and he just looked up and said, oh, hell, and took it to the face. <laughs> I think that was the most brutal scene out of all six films. 
me as far as gore because you see that thing go in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. There's not a lot of action. Uh, according to IMDb, um, Ethan Hunt's character doesn't have any shootouts or gunfights. Um, I don't think so. I mean, he had a, he held a gun, but he didn't. I think his only weapon other than those little uh, explosive gum because he used those twice once mm-hmm. on the fish tank and then uh, at the end in the, in the train in the tunnel which I loved when he uh, jumped onto the helicopter and then it was like red light green light and then stuck it <laughs> on the window then it, it looks crappy, but I still love it. I mean, it was in the trailer uh, as well as when, when that helicopter blows up, like the force just pushed him and he goes flying onto the, the back of that train, which I thought was, I still love it. And no matter how bad it looks, but it, it's still uh, super <laughs> exciting. I mean, I think if he would have made that scene now in one of the newer ones, um, I don't see why they wouldn't sign him off for doing that stunt, being on top of a real train going that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, because with these other films, with the, with the stuff that he he does, I mean that that was probably nothing. But I don't know. I really loved it. I did like the effects of it once he got on top of the train on how it was just whizzing by and the the force of it of going that fast, him just flipping down the top and. I don't know. I mean, it didn't look like there was much to grab onto uh, on that smooth surface, but I did love the little suction things John John White had because we did find out right before that uh, action scene at the end that um, John Voight was behind it all because uh, he his character they thought he was dead, and I did love all the um, the spy gadgets they had, especially with mm-hmm. the, with, with the the glasses that had cameras on. I was a little iffy on the very first time they showed it because that one lady had the sunglasses on and they were like super duper big. I was like, why are you wearing sunglasses at a party? Because <laughs> <laughs> she totally was didn't fit uh, that whole scene. You're going to stand out. You're going to wear these big giant sunglasses. But uh, it was pretty sweet. I did like that, how he stuck those. He Because uh, John Voight was ready to kill him. And he goes, hold on a minute. And then he puts on those glasses. And he goes, I'm not the only one that saw you. This is this never sat with me either. Right when he puts those his those glasses on, Kittredge just happened to be looking at his watch to see uh, that John Voight was still alive. I was like, mm. or maybe, maybe he's waiting. He was waiting the whole time. <laughs> or yeah, maybe there's a a little alarm that goes off. Hey, someone's using these glasses. All right, let me see what's going on. But I did love that scene. I thought. All that. I love those little, uh, those little, the little gadget watches they had. It just reminds me of Dick Tracy's uh, little communicator video screen watch. But, oh yeah. Overall, I mean, th- it is an amazing film, and I'm love it. Um, probably one of my favorite uh, Brian De Palma films. He's done a lot of stuff, and I'm. Uh, other than I was surprised that he had took this project on. I mean, he he still did a good job. Not all of Brian De Palma's films are good, but this was definitely one of the the best, the better ones, in my opinion. We've got 19 hours and 58 minutes. I'll get Bellerophon into your system before then. Just stay alive. I'm not going to lose you. 
right, speaking of movies that are not one of the better ones, uh, Mission Impossible 2, which came out four years later in 2000, May 24th, 2000. Tom Cruise is back, and uh, also starring with him is Doug Ray Scott, who uh, did this movie instead of taking on a Marvel character by the name of Wolverine, which I'm pretty sure he's been kicking himself in the ass ever since. Uh, this also stars Stanley Newton, Richard Roxborough, John Poisson, Brendan Gleeson, and Ving Rhames is returning again as Luther. This time it's directed by John Wu. Agent located. Good morning, Mr. Hammond. This is not mission difficult, it's mission impossible. This summer. Oh, I'm mad now. <laughs> anything. Having fun? Is. Difficult to be a walk in the park for you. Possible. Cruise. This message will destruct in five seconds. Mission Impossible 2 starts tomorrow everywhere. I'm going to start us off with this one. I fucking hate this movie. This movie is, I don't know, it's just over-the-top, exaggerated action. The There's so many plot holes throughout the story that I had to dig some digging because there's just stuff that's happening that makes no damn sense. And apparently John Woo filmed a three and a half hour movie that the studio told him he needed to cut down to under two hours. And this is what we got. Um, Ethan Hunt went from barely using guns to using any gun he can get his hands on. Um, I don't know. I just didn't like the action. I thought the, the shit at the end with the with the doves was stupid. Um, I love Thandie Newton, but she just, again, didn't do anything for me, just like Claire in the previous movie. Um, I like Ving Rhames coming back, um, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> How did you feel about this movie? All right. I love John Woo. I mean, I love um, all his Hong Kong stuff. Better Tomorrow, his killer, hard-boiled, mm-hmm. and uh, all that type of stuff. He'll shoot him up, uh, Hong Kong, Chinese films. I love those. Um, he, I love his special, his uh, his slow motion shots. I love all that. But do you really need to put that much slow motion in this? Every action scene. Or even non-action scene. Like when they're just looking at each other. She's the Tannion's walking and her hair's blown in the wind. I was like, really? It just, Slow motion waves in the background. Yeah, it just, it was just overboard. It didn't, it doesn't work with his uh, American. It, it didn't work. Uh, I didn't like it in Face Off. I really didn't like it in Broken Arrow. I thought it went way overboard and broken out. Hard target. Yeah. But, I mean, it just, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it, it didn't it didn't do it for me. Um, so, but with that said, again, I mean, I love, I love John Woo. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. This is the weakest one out of all six. I just thought it was just trash. I mean, um, I think the only thing that really got me excited was the soundtrack. But um, it just, I don't know, man. 
<laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I mean, the story. It's weird though. They were they were gonna deal with some kind of a biological uh, uh, disease that was supposed to wipe out the world or something, and they were just yeah, to, Chim- uh, Chimera. Yeah, they were just trying to make money. Chimera. I'm not a fan of that band. I know some of you guys are, but I'm just an old fart. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't. The story was was just weak. I mean, it was just this bad guy's gonna take it and then hold the world ransom and charge you a million dollars for the cure. And that's how he was gonna make his money. I mean, that, that was just plain and simple. I mean, it didn't, it didn't seem like they really went much for the story it didn't really make you think you were just all just trying to make the quick buck they did go for it in this one with the uh the, the mad the fake masks i mean i thought that cgi i thought it looked good in in the first one when uh they did it they only did it like twice in the uh in the first film um Cruise doing it in the beginning and then uh at the end um but this one it seemed like they did it every chance they got Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom Cruise did it a few times, and so did um, Duggery or Duggeray. Duggeray. Duggeray Scott. Uh, he played uh, Sean Ambrose in this one. They both went back and forth. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Duggeray didn't uh, uh, try to hide his accent. I love the, the way he sounds, and he 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 was a good bad guy. Nothing against him. Tanny Newton, I'm just not a fan of hers. I mean, she she's all right, but I was this the only one that auditions for this role? I mean, I know they try to get uh, the flavor of the month, but I don't know. She yeah, was, apparently she was recommended to Tom Cruise from his then wife Nicole Kidman because they filmed a movie together, and that's how she got the role. She got the role before the movie was even really in the process of being filmed. She was pre-cast before then. Yeah. Um, with her unnecessary slow motion uh, scenes, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I, I didn't care uh, what happened to her. She infected herself with uh, Chimera, and I was like, I don't care. If, it, if Ethan would have failed with his mission and she ended up dying and, and spreading it to the world, um, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> did you did, did you buy her as a as a jewel thief or a cat burglar or whatever? No, I I bought her as much as uh, what's her name in Wonder War Wonder Woman, uh, Gail Gadot I, as as her trying to be a cat burglar or whatever, or even what's her name. Dark Knight Rises. And I love um God damn it, what's her name? Uh Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I, mean, I love her, but I, I didn't uh, I didn't buy it then. I didn't buy it yeah. in this film. Not a big fan. Uh the synopsis in this one is IMF agent Ethan Hunt is sent to Sydney to find and destroy a genetically modified disease called Chimera. Yeah. Uh the bad guys get it and want to hold the world ransom. Uh they Yet uh, the uh, the guy that actually made it, um, Boris the Blade, I don't know his real name. Uh, Raid, I don't know. I'm not even gonna try with his last name. But um, he's always he always plays the Russian dude 
uh, in something. Uh, I loved him as Boris the Blade in Snatch. Uh, that that he that was an amazing role. Um, but he's the one that made it. Doctor Nick Korovich, all right. Um, he's the one that made it. He realized that what they were trying to do with it. He injected himself to to get it out and uh, get it get it pretty much get it away from the from the bad guys because they knew they were what they were going to do with it. And so, but then he. Uh, ends up getting fooled uh, by Sean Ambrose because that's when he pulled the 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 fake mask uh, of Ethan Hunt and all that. But yeah, yeah, I just I don't know. I I didn't really buy what was happening, and the mission wasn't that impossible. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was just trying to be. He wasn't trying to figure out who was doing it and why. It was just like, okay, I know who the bad guy is. He's a former IMF agent, and uh, mm-hmm. he, he went bad. And Okay. I mean, that was all established in the first few fin- minutes of the film. and then Yeah, they, they took all the spy and espionage stuff out of it and just made it a try to, to make it a big, giant action extravaganza. <sighs> all right. Enough with all uh, the nitpicking. The action. What did you think of uh, the shootouts? The the beginning scene um, with with uh, Ethan crawling on the rocks. Now we could start there. Uh, what did you think of that? And would you do that? <laughs> um, I wouldn't even be standing at the top looking over the cliff. I'll tell you that right now. As far as uh, watching the scene, I remember seeing this in the theater. And that kind of stuff, like we we talked about it on a, on a past episode with Cliffhanger, that kind of stuff, it scares me because I don't understand why anybody would do it. You know, if you do it, that, you know, go ahead, that's your thing. But stuff like that is just crazy to me. And it, again, you know, I wouldn't put it past Tom Cruise. That I, I don't know if he actually was doing this without a rope or how high he was, but it, it looked crazy. From what I understand, he did do it all. Um, and it looked like he was just uh, free soloing it, but there had to have been uh, some kind of wires attached to him because there would have been no way the studio would have let him do that. And that's just wow. light. That's something just light compared to what these other films bring with his stunts. But, yeah, I'm with you. There's no way. I, I don't think I could even stand. If, even if a helicopter dropped me off on the top, I, there's no way I could stand on the edge. Even if I was standing in the middle, away from the edges, I, it would still freak me out. I just, I do not like heights. And watching this in the theater, I mean, I was kind of close to the screen, and I, I was getting dizzy uh, with him, the, the way they did the camera works. This, the slow motion, okay, it worked with this scene, because there was one scene where he did jump from one, one rock to the other. But for uh, to put it in in like real real life situations, I mean, I did mm. see Free Solo, and that guy was nuts. Um, and yeah, again, shout out, I mean, shout out to anyone that does this. I mean, if, yeah, like you said, that's their thing. Hey, go for it. I'm not the <laughs> one because I would just I, I couldn't. Even if someone's if I woke up on top of something like that, I would live there for the rest of my life. There would be no way I would try to climb down because I it would I would die. There'd be no way. <laughs> so, 
But I mean, it was cool. I did like uh, I, I did like that how how it started. They did do the because uh, he was on vacation and, and they found out where he was and and then they give him his mission. I think I mean out of uh, especially in the first one and in this one and, and as well as the other ones. I mean, even going back to the TV show when he finds out his missions. And they give him the explanation on what what their mission's gonna do, and then when that whole message is over, all right, this this message will self destruct. I love all that. I mean, even though as cheesy it is in the first one where the tape just smoked and that was it, um, even this one because they gave him those sunglasses, were probably like mm. a billion dollars, and then everybody probably bought up those sunglasses after this movie was out. And how are this message will self destruct, and he throws them away, then it blows up. And, that's what was was this in 3D? I don't the think way, so. Because I, I, it made me think that the way he threw him at the at the camera. I don't know. It was another John Woo slow motion um, thing. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think any of these were in 3D. Um, but yeah, that that I thought that scene was cool. I mean, I loved it. I mean, I again, I'm not the one. Tom Cruise, he's crazy. Go getter guy. Go for it. Do what you got to do. Um, the shootout in the building uh, when they were in the labs. I, mean, I mm-hmm. thought I loved all that, and uh, when he blew a hole in, in the side of the wall and then ran and dove out. I mean, even that I even got I I do I do get excited when he he gets out of there because when once he blew the hole in the wall and then he just goes running, well in slow motion and then dives out of this hole. When he was diving, did he have to do a flip? Was that necessary or? It probably looked good in slow motion, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I mean, what if they didn't blow a hole in the wall? And and luckily they were up that high, pretty much almost at the top floor. And because uh, he had a parachute on. I don't know. I'm not the one for those uh, free falling guys that, that do that off of buildings. But mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. And... Uh, I wasn't excited about the motorcycle shootout action scene at the end. I just thought oh, it was stupid. Yeah, him jumping off his bike and, and holding on. Like, other than that wouldn't work unless you had, like, maybe tap shoes on or something because your foot would have gripped and then you would have fell and that would have been the end of that chase. I, I didn't like that, how he jumped off to the side, held on, gunned it on the on the bike and was just sliding on his feet going that fast and then those shoes I don't know what kind of shoes they were but those soles would have have been riding skin but I was kind of really and it's stupid and I hated that scene the first time I saw it but it does make me laugh when uh, Ethan and uh, Sean Ambrose go riding at each other top speed (laughs) <laughs> and jump off their bikes and go flying in the air and tackling each other. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. That was just ridiculous. It's, physics wouldn't let, allow that to happen, but okay. Um, but the fight, I mean, I, what, once they did the hand-to-hand stuff, I, I was all right with that. Yeah, I, but I kind of feel like I'm, we'll we'll find out as we go through these movies, but I kind of feel like this fighting Tom Cruise. I don't think we get this version after this the with the flip kicks and the somersaults and just 
all kinds of stuff he was doing that I don't remember really seeing him do this kind of stuff in other movies in the other Mission Impossible movies. I think that John Woo's movie was probably three hours long because I'm sure it was all shot slow motion. That would be the only reason why it would be that long. But, mm. um, if this is what he put in, uh, I I would like to see what he cut out. If he cut out an hour's worth of stuff, I mean, okay, it better be good. But, I mean, I'll give it to Tom Cruise. Out of all six movies, I liked his, the long hair. I mean, I thought it kind of fit his character, especially when he was fighting and jumping off the the rocks and, and the buildings and everything. I mean, long hair flowing in the breeze. I mean, I think that looks sweet. Slow motion. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he shortened his hair after this one. But, I mean, and then at the end, because uh, Tanyun did, she injected herself Chimera, and she was basically, they were supposed to just let her wander uh, Sydney because they, they were in Australia, and she was supposed to just release it on the world, but she was going to kill herself. But she just didn't think she could do it. But I was like, uh, I wasn't, wasn't very excited uh, about that whole situation. But after it was all said and done, uh, she, they did, they had the cure, which of course they did. So like you were, you were supposed to inject yourself with whatever the, the antidote was uh, within the twenty hour period. If you couldn't pass that twenty hour period, um, because then the the antidote wouldn't work. So, because they they showed uh, what it would do to you, basically killing all your red cells and everything, and just mm. destroying you from the inside. And uh, it looks like you were bleeding out out of everywhere. Kind of reminding me of how um, what that virus did in uh, outbreak, and how mm. uh, when they show that uh, scientist that, that injected him with it himself with it, and how he looked uh, as the hours went by. Um. I don't think it was close to 20 hours. I don't, I don't even remember because it just seemed like minutes. Uh, I don't I don't know. I was just like, eh. I didn't care if she would have died or released it on the world. But All it was said and done and it was over with. They just like, oh, right, yeah, cool. Well, let's go on vacation now. And I, was like, eh. I was just waiting for this movie to end. Um, I've seen it numerous times. Um I only saw it the one time in the theater, but I bought the DVD and I have the Blu-ray. And uh, I've been finding a reason to watch it. I mean, I, I'm a completist. I mean, this is my least favorite out of all of them, but I have to have all of them uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in the series. I mean, same thing with Die Hard. We'll tackle those later on. But Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of those weren't, weren't the greatest, and uh, but I still have them all. <laughs> I have the whole series. Uh, of films but uh overall yeah this is definitely the weakest one and um i mentioned the soundtrack earlier i loved uh the the limp Bizkit song they the limp biscuit song they did in it um not I'd, I'd rather have the instrumental is good you you hear that in the background but um uh i was really looking forward to uh, i disappear uh the metallica song which uh, I'm sure they could have threw it in somewhere, but they ended up throwing it in uh, during the credits. Was so, this uh, the first soundtrack they, they made a song for? Um, I want to say yeah, because Metallica, they were like kind of anti-video, anti-putting uh, their songs anywhere, because that was the young 
uh, alcoholica, as a as a, some people like to call themselves. They were just young and angry, but uh, once the money got a hold of them, I think that's when they were. Like, you know what? I think we can expand. Plus, plus they were expanding to a uh, a wider audience. I mean, because I mean, I've talked to a friend. Um, he didn't really care for Metallica until he heard that song and saw the video for this film. So mm-hmm. then he went back and started listening to the to the older stuff. I do love that song. I mean, I, I liked it uh, when I first heard it. Uh, the video is awesome. What I love is the video is on the Blu-ray as well as the DVD. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought the not the whole soundtrack was good, but there was uh, some songs I could have did without. But majority of the soundtrack was good. The score uh, was good. I loved all that, as well as even in the first film. Um, what's his name did the first one? Um... The guy that does all Tim Burton's movies. He's, oh, Hans Zimmer? No. Um, um, he's this, this, the singer for Oingo Boingo. Uh, he, oh. Um, uh, he, he did Jack Skellington, all the all the songs in uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, someone's yelling his name. Uh, somebody is right at this second. What's his name? I could see him. Uh. Well, you guys know it. The Oingo Boingo guy. He he did the soundtrack or some of the soundtrack for the for the first film. Uh, but overall, I mean, this movie's garbage. Uh, if I got to give it a score, mm, I guess I'll be in the middle. Five. Uh, you are generous, my friend. I'm gonna give this movie a three. I probably will never watch this movie again. I the slow motion, the story. Some of the characters were in it were just pointless. And then I just got to bring it up again. Doug Ray Scott, you passed on Wolverine to do this movie. All right. Let's, we got to talk about that then. I See, I didn't know that. Um, I don't know how he, he, he is with uh, hiding his accent. Um, I don't know, man. I, I can't... This is my opinion. I know some of you might not agree with it. I can't see anyone else being Wolverine other than Hugh Jackman at this point. I mean, there's obviously going to be somebody that's going to be Wolverine, uh, maybe mm-hmm. when we're older. But um, I mean, he is a good actor. I mean, I've seen him in a ton of things, and I do like it when when uh, when he's in the roles I see him in. But I don't know. I mean, Wolverine, I mean, which Wolverine? From, I mean, just from the very first one, from the first X-Men movie? Yeah. If if he would have played Wolverine, it would have never been Hugh Jackman. Um, Danny Elfman. Yeah, that uh, guy. Sorry, it just popped in my head. Yeah, him. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, I think at this point, I mean, maybe you asked me in 96, I would have said, oh, man, he was stupid, but... I don't know. I mean, I I think Hugh. I mean, it wasn't Hugh Jackman's fault for all the movies he was in. I mean, that's just what they wrote, and he was playing that character. Uh, Logan. I mean, that that movie was amazing. I loved it. That was the the um, Wolverine we wanted uh, from the beginning. Not what we got in the first few movies, but uh, I'm glad we got it. And he did say he would. 
He did say he would. That was gonna be his last time being Wolverine, and he wouldn't do it anymore. But I think after Logan hit so big, he did like you know what? I think I could do another one. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, Disney owns it now, so we'll see. Um, what they really need to just throw out new mutants. I'm tired of waiting. I mean, I'm gonna watch it at home regardless, but just put it out, damn it. Do you think it's gonna happen after the the whole Mulan thing? Um. I, I think so. I mean, I don't I mean obviously Mulan probably costs way more than to make uh, than New Mutants, but I think uh, I think it will. I think now that this pandemic is going on longer than everyone was thinking. I'm, I was thinking it's going on for years. Hopefully, it doesn't. But I'm just kind of looking at the past and everything. But uh, I think they're they're going to put it out. I mean, if they're because uh, was it uh, Bill and Ted was gonna hold out, but now they're saying F it, let's just put it out. Mm-hmm. Um, sucks, and we're gonna not gonna see it in the theater, but I am excited for it. Um, and I think, uh, I think you should. Oh, I'm sorry. Be, I think Tenet's gonna be the the, the studio is just gonna go over Christopher Nolan and say, look, we got to put this out, we got to make something because they don't know. Because let's just say. Uh, this goes on for years before they get it under control or have a, a cure for it, a vaccine. I don't know. We're not going to sit on the, especially something like that, tenant. We're not going to, the, the studio's not going to sit on it that long. It's no new mutants. I mean, because they've been sitting on that even way before all this started. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to fuck it up with tenant. Because they plan on releasing it overseas first, I think that's going to kill the box office. Because you already know what's going to happen after that. Well, they 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 got it under control uh, out over there. I mean, it's still there, but it's. Well, I'm talking about the the movie being pirated after. It oh gets yeah, it is. I mean, um, I'll watch it that way. But uh, I. Of course it is. I mean, any of that, even anything that they put out, uh, streaming wise, it, it all it, it's on the internet the next day. Uh, I mean, I don't condone it, and, but that that's just reality. That that's how mm-hmm. it goes. You know, that even movies that are already in theater that are in the theater that aren't even on some kind of digital thing yet, uh, they find it somewhere. Someone puts it out there, and then it's everywhere. So, mm-hmm. um. I'll pay for Bill and Ted. Uh, I don't know about Milan. I did hear you guys talking about uh, paying the $30 and then it's on your Disney Plus. Yeah. Forever. I'm going to, I wanted to see it. Um, My daughter is a big fan of the the animated movie. So $30, I would have spent more than that in tickets taking my daughter, most likely, you know, some, a bunch of other kids, and spent who knows some ungodly amount of money in concessions. So I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I mean, I spent $30 on just myself going to the theater. Um, of course this movie would have been an IMAX and that's what I would have been uh, juiced for. So that's, that's 20 bucks right there. And then a drink and popcorn. That's probably another 15 close to 20 mm-hmm. and that's just by myself 
So, uh, I don't know. I'll talk to the Zisu. We're all in uh, the same account. If we throw in money together, then all right. It'll only cost me 15 bucks, and uh, we can all watch it. I don't know. But I'm definitely going to shell out that uh, $20 for uh, Bill and Ted's because uh, I'm, I'm super excited for that. I was gonna say, uh, come on the show with us. We're doing the we're doing the trilogy. Oh, all right. Uh, I got my steelbook of Bogus Journey uh, on its way. Uh, it, I think by the time you guys hear this, the sales still be going. But Shout Factory is doing having sales on their uh, steelbooks, so uh, I swooped up a couple. Uh, Bogus Journey was one, and then I got a Halloween Three Season of the Witch. Um, I have that multiple editions but i gotta have that that steel book i, I love the cover <laughs> and I, I love that film so i get the vhs to dvd i got two different versions on blue well it's the same movie but two two blu-rays of it because i jumped the jumped the gun when it first came out then they hit us with the the um the regular collector's edition now they hit me with a steel book uh, you bastards and they always get me <laughs> so uh, i'm the sucker they know I'm coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, as we do at the end of the show, uh, tell the listeners uh, what you got coming. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we dropped the um, episode 192 East Society dealing with uh, ESP Goes Commando, talking about Schwarzenegger's uh, 1985 action uh, shoot 'em up classic Commando. Um, we got a regular episode coming. Um, we just need we just we just had to put that one out because we were together and um, it was kind of a slow week for uh, anything. I mean, I, I found some new movies that are on Netflix and then I watched a couple TV shows, but it's I don't know. I'm just trying to everything's starting to thin out. Um, I do want to watch that one show, that one movie you said was no good. That's on Shutter. That uh, oh, uh, Lilarona. Yeah, that I. Kind of interested, uh, but I mean, I, I'll take your word for it, so I'm, I'm not going to well, expect much. Well, make sure you have a pillow and a blanket with you because <laughs> you're going to go to sleep. So, but I, I didn't even like the one that was in the theater, the the Conjuring one. That one was, but I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, another East Society is coming whenever we sit down. Um, Brother Lance uh, from the Horror Returns, he came on uh, the last Magnus podcast and we talked about his um, situation dealing with uh, the COVID, uh, him and his wife. And that was good. I'm glad that he came on and uh, got to hear um, his story on, on, on what happened to him and everything. So as far as that, that's all we got. Um, hopefully uh, Taylor and his crew will come back for uh, more Dynamite Debris and another show was in the works. I'm not quite sure yet. I need to talk to uh, another guy that's um, interested in joining uh, Skaterness Podcast Network, uh, dealing with a show. He had ideas. He's trying to ask me, and I'm like, dude, whatever you give me, I'll put out. And, uh, so I don't know yet. We'll we'll see. Nice. What, uh, as soon as I get more information, then I'll announce what it is. But Right now, it's just in the talks, so I don't know. But other than that, man, I love uh, coming on here. And um, you did mention on the Horror Returns, if, if we're going to do this weekly, mm -hmm. I'm for it. I mean, we, we just got to, I know our work schedules, uh, then life getting away. But, yeah, man, I mean, 
I'm definitely gonna uh wanna do it every week if we can. And, nice. Uh, yeah, we we're gonna try and uh, try to get these shows out as much as possible. I know we had a, a bit of a hiatus there, but you know, like 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 Ness says, you know, life happens. So but as um as far as the horror returns, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, our uh, Patreon picks episode with uh, Taylor, you just mentioned them. Uh, we reviewed, uh, what was it? The Foreigner, Public Enemies, and Twister. That episode will be out. And what we got coming next is um, a couple Brian Usna films. Uh, Society, which I brought up to the guys because neither one of them have seen Society. So I was like, we got to do that. And we're going to do The Dentist starring Corbin Burnson. And we're going to have a guest, uh, Sydney Sanabria. She is the founder of uh, Horror Tour Guide and Women of Color in Horror. So uh, excited to have her on there. And as far as the action returns, uh, we're going to be uh, going down this uh, Mission Impossible road. Uh, next episode, we're going to do Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. So, uh, you got any last words, Niz? Uh, Twister was a 10. Uh, the Foreigner was a 9. And I have never seen Public Enemies. So, I don't know. But it sounds like um, Lance hated it. Like he hates everything. And uh, He was in true form. God damn it, man. In Pet Cemetery. I, I know we bring it up whenever we can, but god damn, that movie sucked. The remake, everyone, if you guys haven't heard. Yeah. It, 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 gets brought, it, it gets brought up because nobody can figure out why he loved that movie so much. Ah, that movie's garbage. It was trash. I hated it. I, I wasted, what, $25 uh, to see that because I, I took my friend out to see it. And, oh. Uh, I hate that. Oh, I, it, I bought the steel book. It's sitting on my shelf just because I'm a completist also, but it's still in the plastic. I have no no need to open it up. I can't. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, well, you're going to have to open it up. Well, no, it's streaming on Hulu for those of you that haven't seen it. If you, want, if you were going to sit through it and want to just be mad as well, uh, it's on Hulu. But um, I think we're going to have to cover it for uh, East Society's 31 Days of Horror. I know the Zeese one I did, but he was a little... He wasn't as mad as me, so I don't know. Um, uh, I know Mike and I did it. We we, we covered uh, ESP at the movies, and we both trashed it. So uh, I think uh, you, as well as Mike, are going to have to do another episode and trash it. Uh, that's gonna be a very angry podcast yeah <laughs> and uh, we spoiled it all for you guys on how mad we'll be but uh i did see it three times um and ah mad each other. and damn it brother lance i love you but you're better than that <laughs> all right and until the action returns everybody stay safe wear your masks